Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, everyone. We are back again in our love series. We hope that you guys are enjoying this because we're having fun. Yeah. Honestly, when we kind of brainstormed doing a February love series, like part of me like cringe because I just hate when people use the month of February to make it like, I don't know, it feels very youth group. It feels like hallmarky. Or it feels like if you grew up in Christian culture where it's like, oh, okay, the whole month of February, like all the girls and guys are going to separate and we're going to like discuss all the topics like modesty and dating and all the things. Yeah, that does. I yeah, for sure was a part of that. But anyways, we're back here today with our new friend, Lauren. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, Lauren. Welcome to Going There. Hey, guys. So pumped to be here. I'm cracking up at everything you're saying because, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're just... This feels so cringy. I did a seminary program post-grad through a camp called Canacook, and we went through Solomon on February 14th. No. All kind of like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was honestly really, really good. It was a great teaching. But yeah, it's always just... You can't not make it cringe and you just have to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's why I'm like, we thought about the series. We're like, should we go there? And we're like, we got to go there, but we want to make it a little different. So yeah. we want to talk to you about all the things. But why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about you? What does life look like? Maybe where you live, work, all the things. Yeah. So like they said, my name's Lauren Poe. I was born and raised in San Diego. Love being from San Diego. I loved it there. I went to TCU for college. I worked for Canacook and then did their Cook Institute, which is a seminary program, and then post-grad. And then I worked for Link Year, which is a gap year program. So I did that after the seminary type program. And I've been in Dallas ever since after that. So I've been in Dallas for about seven years now. I have a full-time job as an account manager slash kind of in sales for... It's honestly so niche. It's a executive black car service. So think like oh. Uber for the 1%. And I work for some pretty big companies are my clients. Like... Nike, Home Depot, people Wait, like that. Wait, are you allowed to say if you've ever, like, have you ever been able to meet certain celebrities or people? Yeah, I haven't been able to meet them, but we've had some pretty cool passengers. And so we just make sure important people are getting where they need to be. I have an amazing team. I love my coworkers so much. And that's just been a really sweet part of it for this past year. Before that, I was working for an uplifting news company, but they did layoffs from COVID last summer. So I've been at my current job for over a year now, and it's been great. And then on the side, I run this Instagram page slash blog about mostly singleness, faith, and then my life and Trader Joe's. So it's a little bit of a... That's so fun. I did start following you and I've loved your Trader Joe's finds because we don't have a Trader Joe's here in Columbia, Missouri, which is a big, big, big bummer. I feel like it do so well there. Yes. Uh, it's, Thank well, you. There's like under the table like rumors why we like don't have one and we'll never get one. But it's just funny because when I tell like my friends in St. Louis or Kansas City or any other big city like friends in Dallas, They're Oklahoma like, City, how do you they live? literally think that we live like we're like podunk because we don't have a Trader Joe's. So we have to... That's hilarious. You know how we get excited for grocery finds is like we have Aldi, which is like the redneck version of a Trader Joe's. And But I will say like they kind of have mimicked the Trader Joe's thing where they have like the seasonal items items and like fun finds. And so like, that's what we have to live for with the grocery hauls. No, that's awesome. Because I think they used to be in the same like parent company yes, or something, but yes. something happened. That's just, I think I should it's do two more brothers. I listened yes. to the How I Built This yep. and it's two brothers and pretty much they have like different ideas of how business should be run. 
And one is the favorite child and one is the like kid that Oh <laughs> like something happened. Yeah. Something happened along the yeah. way. We'll have to no. find out. Yeah. 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 Anyways. But we're excited to talk with you. And like Christian was saying, you know, we didn't want to make this cliche, but there's a part of like our listeners know, like we are both married and we have a lot of single friends who have been able to speak on the podcast. And we didn't want to let the month of February, this little series go by without talking to the single girls. But with that being said, I think there is just kind of this like cliche that comes along when you hear people in the church talking about singleness. And I think talking to single friends, like every girl that is in that, some girls, like that's more of something that they have to work through like daily or weekly. And then I have other friends who are like, actually like me being single isn't something I'm like, I have to battle right now or even think that much about. Like there's other things in my life that kind of make that fall to the wayside. And so I think everyone's on a spectrum, but we also just didn't want to like spit out the same cliches of like, just like be content in the weight and find purpose in the weight. Like all of that, while it might be true, like, okay, single girls, like we respect you more to know, like you already know that. And so we wanted to bring you on to give a different, like fresh light to the subject. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So start there. Like, tell us about just your story of relationships. Yeah. So basically I got my first boyfriend in high school. We met at church camp. Great. We were kind of drama in high school, but it ended fine. And in college, I tried not to date that much, but I ended up dating a little bit here and there and realized like, whoa, in high school, I think I put a lot of my identity in boys and didn't really realize that. And in college, that's where, I mean, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Growing up, I grew up in a Christian household. My dad was an elder. My mom was my Sunday school teacher. I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was little in Sunday school class with my mom was like just a youth group girly pop all the way through high school. I had an amazing small group leader. She's one of the most incredible women I know. And she's actually single as well. She ended up being the women's director at the camp I grew up going to called Hume Lake. And now she's a missionary in Papua New Guinea. So she's been a huge like influence in my life and how I viewed singleness. And so anyways, yeah, kind of dated around in high school, college, usually had, I mean, I know this isn't the story for every girl. And I've had friends who was like, I've never had a boyfriend. I've never been kissed. And that's not my story. I definitely was able to date. But college is where I really grew in my faith. I joined a campus ministry that really taught me what discipleship looks like what my life should look like, like how to lead a small group, how to live a life on mission. And that's what life is about, not to get married, but to be a disciple and make disciples. And so that really changed my view of dating. And Q, post-grad, I did not date anybody until a little over a year and a half or two years ago. So I walked through most of my post-grad career single. And then when I worked at Linkier, I was having one-on-ones with all the girls in that program and all they wanted to do was talk about singleness. And so I was talking to my mentor about it and I was like, hey, single girls want to hear from other single girls, not their friends that got married at 23. There is nothing wrong with that. A lot of my friends got married young. I'm like the live version of 27 dresses. I've been in so many weddings and it's so fun. And I can talk about that later too, of just how to be in weddings over and over again. But I just felt like God really stirred in my heart to that singleness was a huge part of my heart because it's a part of my story and how to encourage girls in that because it is hard. It is hard to wait for something that you're like, is it coming? Is it not? This is something completely out of my control. And so, yeah, I started just digging in deep with the Lord with that. And 
So I started writing about it. And when I moved to Dallas, I met up with a friend through Canna Cook who was really passionate about it too. She was single. She was a website creator. So we launched that or she helped me launch it. And then I would say four years after I even launched that, that's when I was in a serious dating relationship. A lot of my followers saw that. I was posting about it and stuff. And it was really sweet. I really felt pursued by him well. And it ended. And it was really sad. We had talked about engagement. I thought I was going to marry him. But through that, like the Lord was so kind. And again, it was really hard. And I think it's one of those things where I had to look at myself. I was like, I think I'm a lot of girls' nightmares. It's like I'm 30 years old. I thought I met the guy I was going to marry. And we're not. And this is really hard. And it was in the middle of two of my best friends who I would say were my confidence and confidants and singleness, like the girls that really challenged me, pushed me, we pulled each other up and refused to grow into the bitter place of singleness, which is easy to do. And we broke up in the middle of their weddings. And so it was just, it was hard. But before that, like two years before that, I started doing the Bible recap with Tara Lee Cobble, who I know you've had on the podcast. We, everyone knows we're big fans. Yeah. Love a, lot of our, yes. a lot of our listeners like do the Bible recap with us. We all need a little bit of TLC. Yes. You know. We all a little bit of TLC. And a lot of Jesus. And a lot of Jesus, yeah. Yeah, which is so sweet. So anyways, I started that like two or three years ago. And the first day I started it, I remember sitting down to do it. And I heard God say, Lauren, do you believe who I say I am? And I was like, yeah, of course I believe who I say you are. Duh. You know, I went to the Canuck Institute. I did all these things. Of course I believe. And he's like, no, do you believe who I say I am even if? And so I just thought to myself in my head, I know that you're good A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but in my heart, do I feel that even if? And so when I started the Bible recap, I started writing down his character every day where I saw it in scripture. So if I saw that he was faithful to a promise, I would write that. If it was even just a bunch of names in a family, I wrote he is in the details. So since then, I've been writing down his character almost daily. And so when that breakup happened, while I was really sad, I was really truly able to say, okay, I'm really sad. And I do believe that you're good. I do believe that you're for me and that you don't withhold good things from me. So if this is not a good thing, I trust you. And I'm really sad. And I think that's like the first time I really walked through like what lament looked like. So that's kind of my story in dating. I'm 32 years old now. And I just launched a singleness coaching program where I help girls. I just talk with them through what does singleness look like for you right now and establishing their belief in who God is, who he says they are and how to find joy along the way in singleness. I just talked for like, way too no, long. So, no, you said it's so, so many good. good things. Like the hardest part when someone goes off like that, we love that. But I'm like, no, I want to comment on that and that and that because you said so many good things. But I want to go back to commenting just mostly on one thing. Like I'm sure that was really hard of like, because you had been talking about singleness for a bit and then you like got into this relationship. And I'm sure that was kind of like, even for your followers and people looking at your story, like, okay, like this is that hope, like that's where we all want to be. And then of course, that's just going to pan out. Like you've been waiting so long and you were so faithful in your singleness and you helped so many other people that like, that's your happily ever ending. And so then to have that not work out maybe the way that you thought it would, well, obviously not the way it initially you thought it would. It just probably felt weird. But in a way, I'm sure that also spoke to a lot of those girls following you. First of all, of like, 
okay, the next relationship, when you do finally get into one, like might not be your husband for the next however many years. And then also you mentioned like you hadn't been in a serious relationship post-grad life. Was that intentional or was that just like, did you say like, hey, I'm seeking out a long season of singleness or was it more just like, okay, like I'm focused on other things and if that happens, it happens and it just, it didn't at the time or what was that like? No, I always desired marriage, but I definitely went through different seasons, kind of like what you guys touched on before. Like some girls, it is a struggle for me every day. Some girls, it's like, I have so many other things going on. It's not, it doesn't really phase me. And I definitely walked through different parts of that. I think for my first views in Dallas, I was very much in a mindset of, well, marriage isn't promised to me. So I'm not going to spend my time praying about it because I just don't know if that's a part of my story. I really want it to be, but I was focusing on other things and in my own way, trying to control like how to get what I desired. So focusing on different hobbies, my blog, work, whatever it was. And it was almost like a form of self-protection. And then there was one New Year's Eve where I was with one of my best friends, the same one that helped with the website. And she was like, we need to shift our mindset of like expecting not to get married. Don't we both want to be married? Let's start this year and start praying for our husbands and start praying. So that was in New Year's 2020, 21 or 2020. And then the pandemic happened. And so that whole year went by. She had been praying to get married that year. I was praying to be engaged by Christmas. And it was just kind of our way to be like, okay, we're going to be bold in prayers. Even if it doesn't happen, like we know the Lord is faithful, but he wants us to come with our desires. And he tells us to ask and seek and knock so many times in scripture. So we did that. And she met her husband at the very end of the year and they started dating. And then I met my last boyfriend, like the later spring, the next year. And so obviously our stories ended different. She's married and pregnant and it's amazing. And yeah, it was one of those things though. I decided to share on social media and that felt heavy to me because it's really vulnerable. And I don't know, but yeah, so many girls like this gives me so much hope. This is so hopeful. And so as soon as I knew we were breaking up, I just deleted Instagram. I came to a place like throughout the breakup, it was one of those things something happened one night and I was just feeling broken. And I was like, Lord, reveal any unkind way in me. And I was like flooded with all these things that I just was not doing well. And I was devastated. I was like, I am really struggling with insecurity, comparison, keeping up with the Joneses, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And ultimately, yeah, we broke up and I just had to delete Instagram because I was too focused on social media too. Because at that time, that's when I lost my job from COVID. And so I was trying to make blogging a full-time thing. And it just wasn't in a place where I had intended it to be. So I just felt really wrapped up in myself. And so, yeah, that was hard, but a good way to have a good look at myself and just come to the Lord of like, make new wine out of me. That was like a song I listened to a lot. I forget who the artist is. And just make something new out of this. But coming back to Instagram was scary. I took like seven months off and I knew people would be asking. So my counselor, I love my counselor. She was the one that's like, you need to have a message that's ready to copy and paste to send to girls that because people did ask. And so by that time, I felt ready. I felt healed. And anyways, I don't even know if that answered a question. That no, was such a no, I, did, lo- yeah. I love that. I love to like hear all of this because again, we wanted to like actually have these conversations about this like topic of just love and relationships because we titled the series like love actually because it looks complicated. It looks nuanced. It's it's not exactly as we picture. And so even backing up, obviously, you've now made a business. You have a coaching business to coach women through singleness. Talk to us like, why do you think singleness is so hard? Like when you get just to the root of it, obviously, Obviously, you saw that in Canica. You've seen that all throughout your life. But like, why is it so hard? 
It is so hard because I think it's something similar to, or from what talking to friends, it's almost like when you're trying to get pregnant and you can't get pregnant and maybe I'm wrong. They are different, but it's similar. It's one of those things I'm really hoping and praying for, but I have no control over. I can take steps of action, which is something I walk through with girls. Like, what are you doing to put yourself out there if you want to be dating? But ultimately, like, I'm typically not going to be asking the guy out. I have no idea. Like, God has not spoken to me. Like, you are getting married. And maybe he has spoken that to some people. But it's just one of those, like, longings of your heart that you so desire. And it's not there. And God created us for relationships. And he created partnerships. And so... I think it's normal to want that because that's how he created us. I think actually one time I was talking to, I think it was Tara Lee and she was saying how one of her friends who was single was talking to God and just how singleness was feeling hard and how God's like, am I not enough? And she, this girl replied, yes, but you made me flesh and blood. And I was like, that is it. Like that is it. And so he is enough. And also if he gave us everything we wanted, we wouldn't need him. So I like to try and think of singleness as an opportunity to really surrender to him, to really make that time so intimate with him. Because like for me, I get to do a quiet time at morning and at night, I don't have a distraction or anybody next to me. And it's just a really sweet time. And I don't know, I think there's something that grows in your faith with the Lord in singleness that you can't get other places. And it's a hard place. But I think that's why it's just one of those things that's like, I'm built for community. I want to be loved and chosen by somebody earth side, even though I know the Lord has given me those things and he's given me those things through friendships, but we're made for relationships. So I think that's why the longing feels so hard. And then as you get older, you're surrounded by a lot of friends getting married, having babies. And so it's just around you all the time. So you have to be on top of mind of like, okay, how is my mindset going to be about this? How's my prayer life going to be surrounding this? So yeah, it's just a constant like putting on the armor of God daily and walking through it. I love that you mentioned that because I think one thing I have just been even learning in my like current state of just when expectations are missed, like how do I walk through when an expectation is missed? Because I think what you're describing there is in this culture where marriage and a family in the church specifically is really like put on a pedestal of like that is almost like what we as young girls go into thinking about how our life is going to look. And obviously, yeah, I have a husband, I have a couple kids and that is a huge gift. But even in small ways, my expectations are missed. And I recently just have been doing studying. I've been praying about it a lot of just like, gosh, in small ways, when my expectations get missed, why am I so bothered? And in big ways. And I think I heard it said of like, God created us with a desire of hopes. You know, he created us to crave and desire a world that is not here yet. And so I think that's a really good reminder that our desires are not bad. God created us to be hope-filled people. He created us with desires. Now, does that mean he's going to meet every single one of our desires? Well, maybe not in the way that we imagine, but he will meet desires. And so I think, like you said, you've prayed boldly for things that you're like, I feel like I need to pray boldly for this. But you've also come into a place to say, I'm also just going to pray that like, God, your will be done because I don't know exactly what that's going to look like in my story, but I trust the character of who you are because you've spent time with him. You know those characters and you can say, I trust who you are and I trust that you will take care of me for your glory and my good, even if it looks different. Mm -hmm. And I've really had to say that in small and big things in my life. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't even relate just to singleness, but anything. But there's so many times in scripture, and I think in singleness, for me, it's been sweet to focus on Romans 5, 5, that tells us that hope does not put us to shame. And Hebrews 10, 23, like he who promised is faithful. And we might not always know what those promises looks like, but we can 
find rest and peace knowing that like he is faithful to take care of us for his glory. And like you said, for our good. And what you said about just missed expectations, but also, I mean, we were just talking to our friend Jamie and her talking about like surviving. And I felt weird saying surviving, just reconciling their marriage after an affair. And just we were ended up talking about like that wasn't like the one and only big hardship of their life. Like that was like 15 years ago and they've had so many other things and anything. She also has a special needs child. So it's like you have to grieve and you kind of mentioned like infertility, miscarriage, like both of my kids are adopted, have gone through some major losses and just you have to grieve sometimes like I remember even in the prep before adoption like one of the things they make you process through of like okay you've grieved your losses but you also in a way have to like grieve the just like cultural thought or just like innate feeling whatever it is of like having biological children like my kids don't look like me and kind of just grieving these ideas and so like Jamie was saying when you have a special needs child like just grieving hopes and dreams you have for their life or like you said any thing you kind of have to go through this process of like, okay, I may be in a way like grieving the thought that I thought by 30 or 32 or whatever numbers we put on things that my life would look like X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't, but also like, that's okay to grieve that, but then also not like sit in that and wallow in that and be like living in that disappointment. So it's like a good balance in that way. So I want to hear more about your coaching business because obviously, and just like even how you talk to girls now, because you yourself are single, you have a lot of single community, but how do you then sit day in and day out in this tension between wanting to overcome, like being sad and disappointed in singleness, but also at the same time holding like, I desire to be in a relationship and I desire one day to get married. Like, how do you hold and sit in that tension? Yeah, well, it's really funny. The day I launched the singleness program, I just felt spiritual warfare like I've never felt in my whole life. I'm out on the other end now, but the first two weeks of January. So I launched it January 1st. Oh, so this is fresh. Your coaching program is fresh. coaching is fresh. Okay. Yeah. So I launched it on the 1st. And the first two weeks of January, I've never felt more sad about singleness in my whole life. Like in my life, I just felt this intense, deep sadness and all these lies from the enemy. That's like, who do you think you are that you can help girls walk through this? Who do you think you are that you can tell them the hope when you can't even hope for yourself today? You're not qualified for this. Like so many different things. And also just a deep sadness of like, Lord, why haven't you made this a part of my story yet? Like, haven't I been faithful? Like, haven't I, like you read all these things, like you said, going back to a lot of sermons preach on singleness, which I would like to talk about of like what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, I'm doing all those things. Like I'm fighting for my life to make my life about you, to serve you. And also it's like the joy of my heart because like, I truly do love these things, but like, why haven't you given me this gift? And why have you let my ex get engaged before me? And why, like all these things that just felt so unfair, but also I have so much peace into like, but it was a total battle for the last two weeks. And I had a call on friends that I was like, hey, my hope meter is at literally flat, like zero. And I know it's the enemy, but I need help. And so like texting friends for prayer and going back to scripture, going back to truth and being honest with the Lord about it. I think that's so important too. Like he is our friend. He's not just our father. Like he is our father, but he's also our friend and wants us to talk to him. And so I had really honest conversations to the Lord. Like, Lord, I have this note card of 30 names of amazing women who love you who are single. Is this the result of the fall of man and are we collateral damage? Like asking him like all these drama questions, but also at the end of the day, resting is like, I trust your character. 
So I can rest in that and also allow myself to feel and grieve, like you said, like what I thought this year was going to look like. And also recognizing that, hey, it's actually really important to me that I am single for this program. And I think it's important to my girls that I'm single because we're walking through it together. And so what basically my process is having them address and myself addressing like who is God every day, reminding myself, pointing myself back to his character in scripture and how I've seen him in my life, pointing back to who he says I am and pointing back to what we're doing anything for. And so the goal is not marriage. The goal is to know God deeper, richer, and make his name known. So what am I doing in my life that does that? And so also talking about surrounding yourself with community, which I've been immensely blessed in Dallas with single married community. Even when like one group gets married off, I still have single friends and it's awesome. So finding community and finding a place to serve, like where do you feel like God's given to you? What are you passionate about? Like put yourself out there to serve. And so. Well, you said the thing about detention. And I think in most of our podcast episodes, we end up getting to that same conclusion is like, hey, don't hear me say that when there is scripture that is clearly black and white, but there's so much in scripture and about God's character that we don't know like discrete answers to, or that it's just not laid out as like, this is exactly what you should do X, Y, and Z to live this perfect fulfilled life. And so sitting in this tension, like you're saying, like I can meet with God and I can be like content with where I am, but that doesn't mean I'm still not going to be like sad some days and grieving like we talked about or angry. Like God, I'm angry that I'm single and all my friends look like they're living this life that I desire. And sometimes I feel angry about that on certain days. And I just really believe that our God is big enough to handle our anger. He already knows that your heart is feeling that way and he can handle it. And the more honest and real we are, sometimes that just kind of like releases those emotions for him to be able to like step in and meet us there. So I like that tension aspect of it too. Mm -hmm. And even talk about day to day, you know, like one day you can be angry, one day you can be happy. I mean, I'd even say like minute to minute or hour to hour that like there are days even now that like just with small little things, I sit in the tension of being really joy filled one hour and the next hour I'm like fuming about something. And it reminds me how like finite and small and just volatile I am. And then I look at God's character and I'm like, oh, praise you that you are not like me and you're not a roller coaster up and down that like he is consistent and he's faithful and he like fulfills promises. And I think about that like every moment and I'm like, I need that. And like our creator knows that we need that every moment of every day. Yeah. And that's why I titled that program every single moment of just like every single moment, we're going to go back to what's true. And something I know there's like a phrase, though things change, like seasons change, but he remains the same, which is so true and always good to remind ourselves of. And then something I started writing at the end of my quiet times, this was like probably two or three years ago was at the end of my prayer, I was like, you know what, Lord, you know, my heart, I know that you're good and that's enough. And like, I can rest in that. Okay. I have a question. I'm curious, like as you are a girl living this out and now coaching other girls through it, how do you talk to single girls about dating? Like, is it just different for wherever? I'm assuming it's like different for each girl, but I think we have girls sometimes ask us like, this is an interesting question. Like, can I be on dating apps? Should I be dating? Like, should I fill my weeknights with like meeting different people? Tell me about that practically, because I think sometimes we have girls listening and they just want to hear this girl talk of like, what do I do if I am single? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah, totally. I think it's really important. If you want to be dating, what are you doing to get there? Right. And so for me, probably five years ago, I felt like I was in a place of like, I feel like I'm not meeting any new people. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm going to church, but it all seems to be the same people. And I'm really discouraged because I'm not dating any of these people. And 
I mean, nobody really wants to be on the dating apps, right? Like, ideally, you'll meet somebody a different way. But a lot of my friends have met their husbands on there. And so anyways, I was thinking like, I'm not meeting anybody new. And I felt like God was nudging me. He's like, well, you could be if you wanted to. So I was like, I'm going to swallow my pride. And ultimately, my pride is why I'm not on the apps. And I'm going to get on the apps. And I went on dates. And so I told girls, like, if you really want to go on dates, get on the apps. I will help you make your profile. We'll make it cute, really fun. Like, I would say Hinge is probably the better one. And you will meet new people and you'll go on dates if you interact with them, most likely. Like, I'm 99% sure you'll go on a date if you put yourself out there on that. Or like put yourself in situations, say yes to things with a friend where you might not know their friends. And again, where are you serving? That's an opportunity to meet people too. And so I think it's really important if you want to be dating, put yourself out there and don't be afraid of the dating apps. It is at the end of the day, I do think it's like a pride root issue. And once you're on it, and if your headspace is in a bad place, take a break. That is okay. But don't be ashamed to be on there. And it's a great place to go on dates. So well, Christian says this a lot, because I can tend to be the person of like, oh, Instagram is driving me nuts. Everything about social media, I should be off of it completely. And there's seasons for that, for sure. Like I've done what you've done, like being off of it for a big chunk of time. But it's so true that like you say this, that God has put us in the cultural time and place that we were born into. And like, that's just a normal part of dating now is that you meet people through technology, you meet people, all of the things. So I like that you say that. And I just think it's good for girls to hear like practical thing as Christian girls to say like, I don't know if there's just not enough people saying it, but yeah, like go out on dates. Even if you don't find a connection with the person, I personally, as a people person, think that sounds so fun that you just like get to go get dinner or drinks or whatever you're doing with someone and like get to engage in conversation. And like, I'm sure that helps your dating skills and like communication skills. I know this is now like a rabbit trail, but I now am like dying to ask you more questions though because... I think it's good. Yeah. Like, so what is your opinion or what is your thought of like going on multiple dates with multiple people like in a week? Like, is that wrong? Right? I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think it's wrong. And one of my good friends, Kate, she's the Heart of Dating podcast girl. She'll say the same thing. I've done that. And it actually wasn't through an app. It was like, I met new people this year and they both asked me out in the same time. And I think it's okay to do that. If you are like seeing yourself grow towards somebody else, I would say cut it off with the other person. You want to respect both people. And if you're going to do that, try and walk into both dates being like, I want to treat this separately. If this person's on in the picture and I go on the date with this person... If they ask me on another, what I want to say, yes, go and don't drag it out. My rule is kind of like a three date rule. And so it's hard. I didn't love it personally, but I did it. And I think like you said, every date is an opportunity. That's what I like to say. Every day is an opportunity to get to know somebody new, to learn about yourself, learn about the Lord, learn about them, learn about what you like and don't like in somebody. And so I just think dating is a good way to find out what you like and things like that. So second question I'm dying to ask is like, you are obviously in a really mature, very wise state of like your relationship with Jesus. You've been walking with him for a long time. You have a great community who you can come to. But like, talk to the girl who maybe is not at that place, maybe has not been walking with Jesus as long, or maybe doesn't really have a community yet. If she is single, but desiring to be married and wanting to date, what would you coach her through? Or what would you say to her to watch out for some red flags that like you're not thinking about this in the right way? About like a guy or about just like your dating and your position of singleness, or maybe a guy that like, maybe this girl is listening right now and is like, okay, I know I keep choosing the wrong people. 
I don't know. Yeah, either or. Yeah. Just what are some red flags that like, oh, maybe singleness is the best for me because this, this, and this, this is how I'm thinking through things or this like keeps happening or I'm really bummed or I don't know. Can you think of any red flags that you're like, no, yeah, you're probably in a state that like you need to take some more time to work on yourself first. Yeah, ultimately, I really do think it comes back to who do you believe God says he is or do you believe who he is? So where's your heart at with the Lord? And really asking yourself, do I really believe God is good if he doesn't give me marriage or a boyfriend right now? And being really honest and that answer could be no, and that's okay. But being really real with the Lord of like, who do I think you are even if? And so that doesn't mean like, I have to believe he's going to give me marriage and then I think he's good or not or whatever. It's just really getting to know the Lord's character. So spend time getting to know the Lord, whether that's through, if you want to read through the Bible or do a Devo, like I'm doing one on waiting right now and I'm doing a 40-day prayer challenge right now to help myself pray boldly. So find a tool that helps you really connect with the Lord if you have a hard time doing it on your own. And then finding community. Something I look for in a guy is who are their friends and what does their community look like? Because that does say a lot about somebody. Now, like you said, not everybody has that right now. And so I don't want to discredit that either. But are you looking for it? Are you spending time trying a church or trying to get plugged into your church? Do you have a community group and are you hanging out with them? Or even like, are you texting friends like, hey, if you're doing something, let me know. Because not everybody's going to be an initiator. I am an initiator. But as an initiator, it's really nice to be thought of when somebody reaches out. And so just reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid. There's no shame in trying to find friends. There's no shame in trying to get connected. And so that would be my advice. Like really get to know the Lord and figure out where you are with him. Really get to know who he says you are and believe that. Believe what he says about you is true. And yeah, find a community. Even if you don't have it right now, just keep going. Like that is a sweet prayer and God loves that, you know, and delights in that. And so he wants us and designed us to be in community. So keep fighting to find that. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about God's character and coming back to that. You mentioned a few verses earlier, but can you share with us just some of those, maybe just like characters that like come back to you time and time again and verses that you just like have to repeat to yourself? What are some of those? Definitely Hebrews 10, 23 for the past two years, like let us hold fast to our hope for he who promised is faithful. And so reminding myself, I can keep hoping and I can find peace that he is faithful. That's the main one for sure. So any any of them about hope, I'm like clinging to big time. Lauren, to kind of like wrap up, I feel like we've had good overarching topics. And then I love like the specifics of getting into everything. But as girls who I've almost been married eight years, you're seven years in, as girls who have friends who are single, I think there is like a weight on us to be good friends to our friends who are in a different life stage than us. I mean, it's trickier when I think about hanging out with a friend who is single when I have like two kids and, you know, typically spend a lot of my free time like with my husband and then wanting to do things with like other couples or bringing people into that. So how can people who are in dating, married, relationships be a really strong community to their single friends? Yeah. Inviting your single friends over goes so far. That makes me, I know, and my other friends feel so loved and included. Also not hiding things. Like if you're doing a couple things, just let them know because they'll probably see it on social media later. Not like heads up, but just don't be secretive about it. And then also like pray for their husbands, like pray for them and be like, Hey, just let you know, I'm praying for you and that your husband would come soon. Or like, I'm praying for you and your marriage. Like, 
or just let them know I'm thinking about you and praying for you. That goes so far to know that you have a support system that is praying for you on days, especially when you feel like you can't pray for it, or it just feels too hard to know you have a friend that is already in that season praying for you means the entire world. You mentioned it earlier, and so I want to hear your thoughts on it. But yeah, just like closing us out, how would you encourage the girl? You mentioned you are the living of 27 dresses where you were in a season of just like going to all these weddings and championing all these friends who are like dating and getting engaged and finding their husbands and going on bachelorette trips. Like, how do you do that? How would you encourage the girl that you're just like, this feels really hard right now? Yeah, I think kind of backtracking to what you said, how there's sermons on singleness and sometimes it feels like it hits and doesn't. I get so fired up. I'm like, this is not a sermon for singleness. This is just a sermon on how to be a good Christian. So don't stamp singleness on it because a lot of single people are doing these things and the prize is not marriage, right? And so just remembering and like, with that, with marriage sermons, it's always like marriage is the most sanctifying thing. And to me, I'm like, you know what? So is spending all your money on bridesmaids dresses and shower gifts and then their babies gifts and then bachelorette parties. That's sanctifying too. And like going in and championing them. But I think for me, I always want to focus on the blessing and not the burden of being a bridesmaid or being out so many weddings because with that opportunity means God has blessed me with this many rich friendships. And that is such a gift, such a gift. And then on every bachelorette, I personally love when friends become friends. So I live for bachelors. I think they're so fun. I'm always like reunion after the wedding. But yeah, just really focusing on the blessing and not the burden of being a bridesmaid and wanting to be the girl that shows up the way you would want your friends to show up for you. Mm. And you might meet a groomsman at one of the weddings too. So a little practical, like view it that way. Yes, you never know. And sometimes I have a bad attitude. My mom's like, you'll never know who you'll meet at the wedding. I'm like, I know everybody going. And my mom's like, don't put God in a box. And I'm like, you're right. So I obviously am not perfect at it. But yeah, just being the friend that you would want to show up for you. Like, don't you want your friends to be so excited for you and celebrate you well? So like, why not do that? And it's so much more fun to do that than be better about it. I've done both. And being joyful is way better. And scripture tells us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So guess what? Buckle up and start rejoicing with them. That sounds harsh, but I promise you it is way more fun. And it's just what God's called us to. So really writing down like, this is how this friendship has blessed me. And this is why I'm excited to celebrate them. Mm-hmm. I love that you've shared with us just the realities of what that looks like. Obviously, you say yourself, you're like, I don't do it perfectly. I have mornings and I have days that I cry and I cry out to God and say, why? You know, like, I love that you just share that. But at the same time, you're also like, no, I feel equipped and empowered to coach women on how to walk through singleness faithfully. And so I just really appreciate your vulnerability and just willing to talk to us about it, but also do what you're doing, because I think that's just the reality of living out what God has called you in and the place that he's put you into. So I love that. Yeah. I think my last thing too, with friends who are in the place you want to be, like use those stories as a place for hope for yourself. Use those stories to propel yourself for hope. Like, okay, I've seen it. God do this so many times. What makes me think he can't do that for me too? And it's going to look different. Because God's written us all different stories, but choose to find the hope in their stories instead of another one divides the dust or I'm left behind or he's forgotten about me because he hasn't and he loves you so much and your friend loves you too. So that's yeah. awesome. I love that. Thanks so much, Lauren. We will make sure in our show notes just to put all of your information so that people can get more info and content that you're pushing out because it's really awesome. So thank you again for coming on today and we really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. 
And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.